Yeah, and if you grab a big one, the little ones get bigger. It is the 90s, and there is time for the Pie Factory Podcast. Welcome again, everybody, to another episode of French Fry Weekly. Uh, this is No, I'm kidding. Uh, this is uh, the Pie Factory Podcast, and I think it's a podcast. Last I knew it was. Uh, maybe I should check. Yep, it's still a podcast. Uh, hey, uh, this is Jimmy G. Oh, hey, uh, this is uh, Shawnee C. And how art thou, Shawnee C? I'm angry. Angry? Like a bird? Angry like a fox. And I'm angry like the wolf. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm a, I'm a stitch. You know what? I am a very happy Jim right now. Does it have anything to do with the Cubs uh, advancing to the National League Championship Series? Oh, no, 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 no. Yes. I gotta tell you, I'm not exactly happy about that as a Northsider myself, because I live two and a half miles down the street from Wrigley, and it's gonna get real. And I don't know if I want to be here for that. Well, you can always come out here. No. No. <laughs> wow, no hesitation, just no. No. No, I want to get far away from the Chicago viewing area, if at all possible, for, like, several days. Probably not a bad yeah. idea, but... I remember what happened when the Bulls won the NBA championship the first time. Ugh. Hey, with that, do we have any news or edenda or errata or letters or anything of that sort? Yeah, we do have some... We do have a little bit of... I, I don't know if we have any addenda or errata, but we definitely have some feedback. We heard from uh, uh, Michael D'Angelo. I don't know if it's D'Angelo or what, but you know. Uh, he says, love the Pac-Man episode. I didn't hear you mention it, but the newer Pac-Man game, Pac-Man Battle Royale, is a blast to play. Actually, that is the game I was trying to think of. I couldn't uh -huh. think of the name. It's a multiplayer game in which you compete against each other. Um, he says, I have it for Xbox and play it with my kids and we laugh like crazy. I just wish I had four controllers so we could all play at the same time. Another great console game is Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures. My five-year-old girls, of which I have three, wow, love playing this. I did show them the original Pac-Man, but in their words, boring. Kids these days. Three five-year-old girls? That kind of reminds me of about a year ago when... Uh, <laughs> My friend Steve at his 40th birthday party, he's the same the same friend Steve who took down my uh, Burger Time high score at Underground Retrocade, <laughs> and he had to reschedule it after he found out that his wife was pregnant with triplets and due that day. <laughs> oh, speaking of Underground Retrocade and yes. uh, the Cubs, which we just talked of, um, if you go to the Underground Retrocade on the 21st of October wearing Cubs gear, if the Cubs are still in the playoffs, which... Pretty much will be. It's pretty much assured right now. You uh, play for free. So just throwing that out there. Hopefully this is out before then. I forgot to mention, I think they also have some kind of a fall special going on, too, for like one of those uh, $100 gets you unlimited access for X number of days. I'll have to double check on that. Don't quote me on that. Uh, look it up at undergroundretrocade.com. But uh, Michael D'Angelo also first uh, further said, On my birthday a few years ago, some friends and family took me to Dave & Buster's, where they had the huge stand-up version of Battle Royale. Uh -oh. This game was so much fun to play. And yeah, they have that at level 257, too, where uh, for like 25 cents a pop, I think, you and three other friends can sit down at a bar 
and they have a huge honking battle royale. I think I put a picture of that in the show notes for uh, episode I believe you did, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, and uh, he goes on to say, oh, and I have to admit, I enjoyed the 2600 version of Pac-Man as a kid. We knew it wasn't arcade quality, but hey, it was still a fun game and never had high hopes for most of the 2600 games anyway. It did blow my mind when I recently played some of the homebrew versions, especially that Donkey Kong, which uh, we've mentioned several times. And here's something that that Michael said that's very, very important. Yes. I guess without tight deadlines and other pressures, anything is possible. That is so true. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, Howard Scott Warshaw was under pressure, time pressure for E.T., uh, Todd Fry was under time pressure for um, for uh, for Pac-Man. Pac-Man, and look what those two did when they had plenty of time. Uh, for Howard Scott Warshaw, he put out uh, Yars Revenge, and uh, Todd Fry did the prototype for the 2600 version of Xevious. And the most recent prototype, which we've talked about, is damn good. I still haven't played that yet. Oh, dude. Owe it to yourself to play it. It is a. Di- they were coming out with some really good, good prototypes um, for 2600 stuff. Um, if the video game industry had lasted another couple of years before the crash, uh, we would have seen awesome releases. We would have seen an awesome version of Sinistar and Xevious, and most likely Zookeeper on the 2600. The only thing they found of uh, Zookeeper for the 2600 are the sounds, and we've we've already uh, we've already covered that, I believe, in our second or third episode. But they were they were doing some really amazing stuff, cramming some really amazing stuff out of there at that time. And the uh, hats off to the hobbyist programmers who are out there uh, still creating stuff. They've given us stuff like the newest version of Donkey Kong. Uh, Princess Rescue, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention Ladybug for the 2600. Oh, that is the finest 2600 arcade conversion I've ever seen. I've played it a few times. It's very, very good. It gives the ColecoVision version a run for its money. It might possibly be better. I've said this before in other various fora, but I'm going to say it now. Play the arcade Ladybug, like Fire It Up in MAME, if you don't have access to an arcade that has Ladybug and play the Atari 2600 homebrew version, then come back and tell me which one is which. I dare you. I think it might be a little easy to tell, but that's only because of a certain hardware limitation on the 2600. But if you didn't have that hardware limitation, it would be extremely difficult to tell which is which. Oh, yeah. Does, uh... I almost said Beverly D'Angelo. Oh, God. What's the guy's name? Michael D'Angelo. Michael D'Angelo. Does Michael D'Angelo... I wonder if he is related to Beverly D'Angelo. He didn't say. Didn't ask. Didn't tell. Fine, fine actress, and she was excellent in Vacation, where she had an awesome shower scene, but I'm not going to say any more. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Does he have anything more to say? Um, I think that was it, actually. So, thank you for uh, for writing in. Do we have... Uh, Anything more to add to the fun and frivolity? To the fun and frivolity? Yes. We now have an actual dedicated domain, piefactorypodcast.com. That will take you directly to our main page. Right now, it's just a show notes page. We're going to do some revamping and make it a little bit more. because It's getting kind of messy now. You know, we have like... 15 shows, 16, 17. I, okay, now this is the thing. Hyde and I had a little disagreement. I don't remember if I told you about this. But, you know, I sat down with Hyde last time we uh, we had a show, you know, when, when he handed over the final mix and everything. Uh-huh. Now, seriously, I apologize, but this was all my fault. I should have read the contract a little bit better. Uh-oh. Now, remember I told you before, his contract is for 73 episodes. Okay. So we have to pay him for 73 episodes, whether we do 73 episodes or not. Uh-huh. 
and here's the thing. The last episode we had was a two-parter. It was episode 15. Okay? Right. You got it? He says, Mm -hmm. that fulfills one episode of my contract. Now, here's the, huh, part. He expects payment per episode for each part of that episode. You know what? That might be my fault, because I called the uh, the second part Pie Factory Podcast Episode 15 Part 2 Hellbound. Uh, and I gave it a subtitle, so that might accidentally called that episode a sequel instead of a second part to the episode. Man, okay. So what has the audience learned that neither of us have ever studied law? Neither of us has ever studied law, pardon my grammar. So, yeah, we I'm, seriously, I have a friend who's an ex-attorney. I'm going to take this to her and uh, uh, see if she can close any loopholes for us. And you know what? I still haven't even studied the law of gravity. In fact, right now I'm hovering in midair. That's pretty bad, man. Don't get caught with that. <laughs> Other news. Oh, I, I think this actually happened before, before the last time we recorded. But I'm happy to say, so far I'm happy to say, that the long-awaited opening of Replay, which is a barcade here in Chicago, they've had a location uh, in Boys Town not far from Wrigley Field for a while. They just opened a location, a second location in my neighborhood, and uh, haven't been there yet. I did take a look in the window a couple of times when I walked by and rode my bike by. You know, um, Nothing earth-shattering. You know, It's a bar with... Kind of semi-predictable games. They have Tapper, I saw. So I was, I was like, ooh, nice. Oh, sweet. nice to have that. Well, a bar with a Tapper, isn't that kind of a given? Yeah, you would think so. I am a little bit nervous, though, because... In, and I've been holding back on this, but you know what? I gotta let it out. I gotta let it out. From what I can tell, the barcades in Chicago suck. Suck, suck, suck. Really? Yeah. I mentioned earlier my friend Steve had his 40th birthday party. That, that was actually at the Emporium Barcade in uh, Wicker Park here in Chicago. And it was clear that all they cared about was drinking. That's it. That's all they cared about. And too much of, hey, bro, those kind of people. Oh, like a, like a PC principal on South Park. Pretty much, I think. And <laughs> the games weren't in good condition. The, they were all set to the, most, the highest difficulty level possible. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Yeah. It's not all you can play, is it? They run on quarters. Right? Bingo! No, they run on tokens. They run on tokens. Same and, difference. And, well, here's the thing. I went to what I thought was an ATM. I actually put my ATM card in it to withdraw $20. It gave me... I see where this is going already. It gave me $20 worth of tokens. Don't! Yeah. Oh! I hardly used any of them because I freaking hated this place. I really, really did. Could you pay for your drink with tokens? I didn't try that, actually. I never thought of that. But uh, it, I mean, you're still getting your money. Yeah, that's very true. But hey, anybody who's going to be in the Chicago area, want to check out Emporium and you, you need some tokens, just look me up. But um, And not only that, but it was loud as all hell in there. I mean, seriously, we were yelling at each other at the top of our lungs to have to hear each other. Now, here's the thing. I'm the most liberal guy you're ever going to meet. Nothing offends me. Nothing. But except for the, the choice of music the DJ had. You know, I really Uh-oh. don't care what people say. To me, f*** is about as harmful a word as puppy dog. But... I'm listening to this stuff, and the lyrics are very, oh, your grandmother must be so proud of you. <laughs> so it was, it was like, really? This is what it is? The music wasn't like, No, it was more like hip-hop to make white people think they're cool. Ah, bra music. I said, guess, hey, bra, 
Yeah. What's up, brah? Yeah, more recently when I was riding home You know from... what? I just want to say this. This is the most I think we've ever sworn in one episode. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, that is. Well, hey, Hyde's trying to milk us for all the money in the world. I'm going to make him pay for it. Make okay. him work for it. <laughs> but um, my other experience, not terribly long ago, my wife called me at work. It was pretty late in the afternoon. It was like 4.30. She said, you know what? It looks pretty nasty out. Did you ride your bike? I said, yeah, I did. She's like, leave now. I get on my bike, I leave, and by the time I hit uh, Lincoln Park Lakeview, it, there's a huge downpour, so I figure, well, you know what, now's a good time to try out Headquarters Barcade, which I don't know if I've mentioned it before in the show, but... Um, I think you may have. Yeah, it is located literally around the corner from my part-time job. I have two jobs because I don't have enough time for three, which is how few I can afford, but... And I never had gone there, and the whole time I was open, so I figured, you know what, now's a good time to check it out. It's pretty big. It's a big place, very spacious, and I found out that, see, now, all right, I might be incorrect here, but from what I personally can tell, all of the video games there are disguised MAME cabinets. They're the actual shell of the actual cabinets. But the first giveaway is that the screens are LCD. Yeah, that's a giveaway. Which I'm going to tell you right now, I expect eventually that even the older machines from the 80s oh, are yeah. all going to have LCDs because you know, they don't make CRTs anymore. I was going to say, CRTs, they're going to fail eventually anyway. I mean, that's why we're not watching stuff on VHS anymore. Yeah, and so eventually they are going to be, re- when, when they have to be repaired, they're going to have to be replaced by LCDs pretty much or LEDs, right. whatever else. I mean, it's else. expected. And we expect that, and, we re- and we're wise to that reality. Yeah. But another giveaway is that it seems like the Donkey Kong machine over there, well, the control sucked. And I think what they did was they put an eight-way joystick in it. Uh-huh. You know, eight-way joysticks on four-way games just do not work. They, they just don't work well. And another giveaway that was a main cabinet, I went over to Qbert, and I hit the start button. And the little pop-up from the bottom that was obviously a MAME graphic indicating that a coin had been dropped came up. Oh, jeez. So not only was it a MAME cabinet, but they also had the quarter drop trigger and the player button mapped to the same action. Which means that even when you entered your initial and you hit the player button to to enter your first initial, you got another credit. (laughs) And all these machines were on free play, too, so... I guess that's one thing I can say about headquarters is, you know, okay, I can I can bitch and moan all I want, but they're all on free play. It didn't cost me a cent to play these games. All I had to pay for was the beer I had. Right. And then there was a Ms. Pac-Man machine, number one, set to the highest difficulty level possible. Number two, I noticed during the attract screen, when it introduces the cast, it said, and starring Pac-Gal. Like, <laughs> really? Awesome. Although I do have kind of a soft spot for some bootlegs, because some of, of them actually did get fairly clever, uh, especially the ones that were complete hacks. We didn't mention any of the real, more esoteric hacks of Pac-Man last episode, but there was a really cool one called Piranha, which oh, yes. um, which Pac-Man is a piranha fish, and they're the maze, there's basically no walls, and the dots are everywhere. It's hard to control, but it's still fun in its own right. It's still got its like own thing going. But Logan Hardware used to have a piranha in a Ms. Pac-Man machine. I want to play Parada again, non-emulated, because I remember playing it once at a at a, one of those kitty party pizza ice cream places that used not a Chuck E. Cheese, but kind of like one of those old time timey type deals. It used to be one over by Ford City Shopping Mall, which I don't want to go within ten miles of now. But but yeah, I had uh, had fun playing that. One. 
Going to these barcades just really made me appreciate ground control in Portland a lot more. They, you know what? They're okay. They're fine. If I said anything bad about them, I take it back. And uh, I haven't been to replay yet. I did hear kind of some negativity from a friend of mine who had been uh-huh. to their original location. Neither of us have tried the uh, new location yet. But the only hope I have is for Logan Arcade, which I haven't been to yet. It's by the same owners as Logan Hardware. And you've had nothing but good things to say about Logan Hardware. Yeah, and I have heard nothing but good things about Logan Arcade, too. Well, that's that's uh, good to hear. That's good to know. I just, I'm just never in that area, or else I'd check it out. I, re- I really do want to try Logan Arcade someday. So how many people is that we've pissed off so far this episode? Uh, not enough. <laughs> so what do you think we move on? And uh, do we have any more Addenda, Errata, Notifications, Noticias, Univision? Um, I don't believe so. Um, I do want to kind of... Uh, uh, steer things in a different direction for a minute. Uh, look at me, you're sure. the guy hosting tonight, but I'm the one who's controlling things. No, go for things. it. Good Christ. I know what this is about. First of all, just want to disclaim, uh, we did get some kind words about uh, uh, our show last time, uh, taking our opportunity to address uh, mental health awareness. That's something yep. we both take very, very seriously. Yep. Especially myself, because I've put it out there. I mean, I've got some serious issues, and... Um, they almost, if, if the Cubs would have lost tonight, seriously, I would have been a wreck and probably, we probably wouldn't have recorded tonight. Even though they still had, would have had another chance to clinch. But anyway. Still, still though. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm that bad. I, I, it was more like of an anxiety attack would, would have been, I've been just on edge and I mean, oh, well, that's the game. Yeah, that might be for some people, but for people that have depression and ADD, that's a whole nother, it's a whole nother I was going to say ball game, but I don't want to go with the pun. That's a whole nother ball of wax. So, but um, yeah, you, you got go. something else you want to bring up, which is yeah. actually something very important to me, too. Yeah, it, it, I hope it's important to everybody, too. Of course, you know, it's October. It's uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Now, the reason I want to bring this up is because I actually heard something that I thought really should get out there. So I figured, well, if this, if this gets in the podcast, that'll be at least three people who will hear this. In all seriousness, I mean, obviously, early detection is the the big thing. Uh, my my grandmother in her 80s once was diagnosed with breast cancer. Good thing they got it early. Just surgery and a couple of days radiation was gone. Not everybody is that lucky, though. But having said that, not only is early detection important, but something else. I'll tell you a little story. Brief story, I hope. Um, one of my wife's coworkers, who she's good friends with, had breast cancer. I think she's been cancer-free for two or three years now. And someone else they work with just got diagnosed, and she's about to take a lot of time off. My wife's friend who had breast cancer before talked to this woman and gave her some advice. The advice that she gave her was, ask for money. Ask for money. Because if you don't ask for money, then people are going to do things like, you know, give you all kinds of uh, pink things with ribbons and things, you know, which is fine. It's, you know, the thought, the thought, it's a nice thought. Right. But where my wife works, she get, they get really good health insurance. And thankfully, in the eight years she's been there, it hasn't gone up a cent. But even if you have good insurance, it's not going to cover everything. You know somebody with breast cancer and you can help out monetarily, please do that. Because the costs will add up and I'm sure they will appreciate it. Or any kind of cancer for that matter. And it's interesting, this is a... Breast cancer is is an important issue to me because my mom was diagnosed with it about a year ago or something. And so she's been going undergoing treatment off and on, and uh, it's been making her weaker. She's a lot better now, but she's um, been getting injured uh, fairly easily. Uh, she broke her arm recently. Oh, God. And and so, so she's got, you know, that's a whole nother, 
whole other thing that she's got to deal with. But uh, so yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you do more good donating money than uh, than donating things or giving somebody like a pink ribbon or whatever. I mean, awareness is one thing, but a lot of people just do the, you know, I'm editorializing here. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to stop that, but uh, definitely donate money. I think that's where you can do the most good. This is, a, this is an issue that not only affects women. I mean, just ask Rod Roddy, former announcer of The Price is Right. Oh, that's right. You can't because he died from breast cancer. That's true. He did, didn't he? Yep. Yep. It mostly hits women, but women, but men get it too. I mean, oh, it, yeah. it, they, we do. So there you, there you go. And yeah, very, very important topic. And um, wow. And I have no transition. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of a way because I had a good transition all picked out. Maybe we should play one of uh, Soul Blazer's spots here, and then that would be an easier transition into the games. All right, thanks, Soul Blazer. Hello, this is Greg, host of Super NES Podcast, and you're listening to the Pie Factory Podcast, which really should be called the Cement Factory Podcast, as Nintendo says that level in Donkey Kong is really Cement Factory, but who am I telling these guys how to run their podcast? Thank you, Soul Blazer, and welcome back to the Pie Factory Podcast. You know, I th- we're going to do something unusual for this episode. We're going to do it nude, as far as you're aware. But over and above that, we're actually going to talk about a game that was never released in the United States, which you can play in MAME. And, um, Paul, do you have a little uh, talking about a game that was never released in the United States music? This game is Japan, but not the U.S. Thank you. <laughs> and from the home office in Tahlequah, Oklahoma, we give you our very first uh, game tonight. It is called Tinkle Pit. And yes, this is a real game. And no, it doesn't have anything to do with what you're thinking it is about. It is not about tinkling. Although, I think that would actually be a fun game. Ah, uh, Tinkle Pit. Oh, I'm sorry. That's your line. Ah, uh, Tinkle Pit. The Japanese, the actual Japanese name is Tinkuru Pito. Tinkuru. Oh, you know what? I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go with my uh, "you only live twice" Japanese accent there. Tinkuru Pito or Tinkle Pit is a maze arcade game. This is from Wikipedia. That was released in Namco in 1993 only in Japan. Uh, blah 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 blah. Features many of the characters from the company's earlier games, including the. Galaxian flagship, Pac-Man's in it, which I have not encountered. The Rally X special flag, which I've seen. The Solvalu from Xevious, Mappy, and some others. Here's the story of the game. First of all, uh, the game, when you load it up in MAME to play it, is 100% entirely in Japanese. But you, it's, um, it is not a hard game to figure out. In Tinkle Pit, an evil demon named Mao... Not the same Mao that was in uh, Hong Kong 97, for those who haven't seen the video game nerd <laughs> episode uh, about that particular game. If you haven't, go watch that. It is hilarious. Link in the show notes. An evil demon named Mao transforms all the inhabitants of Tinkerland into statues. The two protagonists, Pit or Pito, and his sister Patty, or Patty with only one T in the Japanese, go off on a world-saving quest to defeat Mao and his minions. No, not the minions from the movie, which I I'm so totally tired of. And by the way, not a single minion meme that I have seen has actually ever had a quote from them in the movie. Despicable Me movies. Of course, it doesn't hurt that they don't actually talk rather than make noises, but come on, people. Anyway, um, they are accompanied by two oversized anthropomorphic sleigh bells known as Tinkerballs, which I think is going to be my uh, 
This is, I'm gonna, College I'm nickname? Go, I'm going to adopt that as my nickname. Sleigh bells, known as Tinker Balls, which serve as their primary weapons, and the game's storyline is written in Japanese. The game itself, though, employs mostly English text. Now, okay, first of all, you load this game up. You know what? I'm, I'm going to go into the gameplay before I go a little bit more into this. Um, you know, I did screen grabs of all the Japanese-only screens, and I've meant to run those through Google Translate, but I haven't done it yet. Uh-oh. Well, that's... I'll try to do that and put that in the show notes. And here's the gameplay. This is, again, from Wikipedia. And we have played this game, uh, by the way. I'm not just going off of Wikipedia here. Pit and Patty, which, first of all, I did not realize this was a two-player game at the same time when I played it. Uh, I thought it was just a one-player. Uh, they must walk around in mazes, collecting items and avoiding enemies, which include uh, some stuff from the game Toy Pop, which I don't know if that was released in the U.S. It may have been. Along with the Pukas and Figars from Dig Dog. They are very important enemies in this game. Uh, however, uh, they have the power to drink... Pit and Patty have the power to drop their tinker balls. Wow, this we're having so much fun with this one. Which are both invulnerable to the enemies and move around by pressing the line button, therefore creating a line between them and their balls. <laughs> I think we're finding out why this game was not released in the United yes. States. <laughs> the whole Puckman thing, that was just the tip of the iceberg for Namco. Okay, oh, first yeah. of all, to describe it, the ball the your tinker ball you hit the button, you move around the maze. The main button, you hit it, and your Tinker Ball stays in place, and you can move your character. And it draws a line between you and the Tinker Ball. This is... I'll make it through this one. A line gets drawn between you and the Tinker Ball. When you let off the button, the Tinker Ball will come back to you using the path, the path that you drew, the line. And any enemy that comes in its path will be destroyed. Now, there's another item that you can pick up in the maze, and what I'm reading here in Wikipedia calls it popcorn, which don't look like popcorn to me. It looks like a Powerball. Yeah. This game's got balls. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> what balls it has. It works just like the Powerball in Mr. Do. I thought the exact same thing. Maybe we should call that game Mr. Phil. Uh, <laughs> oh, he'll hate us if he doesn't already. Yeah, uh, he's the no-swear gamer. Um, I think we've really, 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 really outdone him today. The object is to obviously get rid of all of the enemies in the maze. Now, if you, you have a hard time getting the last one, it will go to a corner and it will disappear. It'll say, bye-bye, or something like that on the screen. It doesn't say that. It'll show it on the screen. And uh, he will disappear. You still end the level, but you don't get any pursuit bonus points. Nice clear. Nice clear. You're a winner. Oh, that's another game. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, Acne Remedy should use nice clear. I was just thinking about that. but And... <sighs> There are also bonus goodies to pick up in the game. If you get them all, you get special bonus points. But I thought this was interesting about the bonus uh, stuff in this game. They start out in one form, but if you leave them, they will grow into a bigger form. And if you get the bigger one, you don't get as many points as if you got the smaller one. And I thought that was an interesting uh, interesting play mechanic there. I'm pretty sure it's the other way around, because I found that I, that you get a extra bonus if you grab all the big ones. Oh, what happens if you that. yeah, and if you grab a big one, the little ones get bigger. So if you look at your bonus tally, you actually you get know, more points. I'm biting points my for the tongue right ones. now. This is with all of the talk of of balls and things getting bigger. I'm just biting my tongue, and this is a real game, people. <laughs> oh, I was messing around Mame a couple of weeks ago, and I found this one game where uh, the guy, the main character's power is farting. So I'll have to remember the name of that game, and we'll have to cover that one at some point. Oh, yes. <laughs> but um, We're so mature here on the Pie oh. Factory podcast. <laughs> yes, it's Juvenile Humor Day on Pie Factory. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then, um, 
each stage has like four different worlds and then each world has hold on each world has four different how do they mean it here uh, how do they say it here okay I the game remember. is divided into eight worlds the first of which has four stages and the all, all the others have six and then each stage has a certain number of levels and then after you get to the end of the world uh there is a boss character i only made it to the first one and um it was it was it was interesting. You want a spoiler? Spoiler, sure. You only have two boss rounds. Oh really? I thought there was more than that. Yeah, in the second the second boss round you have like three or four bosses you have to beat individually. Aha. Uh-huh. And then the game's over and you get pages and pages and pages of Japanese text. Oh, so how did you find this out? You played that far? I kept continuing. Aha. Uh-huh. And it doesn't take a long time either. Really? Yeah. Fascinating. I didn't I, I stopped after a while. Uh, mainly because I had to go to bed each night, but... Save state. Actually, I found the save states in this game didn't really work very well. When I loaded my save states, they were uh-huh. pretty distorted. Yeah, I, I don't really use save states that often, unless it's certain games that I'm trying to, to get past. I think I use them on Terminator 2, because there's that one screen with the, the truck on that one, which we've talked about before, is just almost impossible to do by yourself. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, we were talking about the levels and then the and then the bosses. But there are bosses. Um, stages 23 and 48, according to Wikipedia, uh, the bosses are named Versus Boss and Final Battle. Final Battle! Against a large robot named Naka G1 and Mao himself, respectively. That's saying Mao himself has three different forms, second of which is an evil black and purple version of Pit with a one-eyed black tinkerball. At least it didn't say blue! Although your Tinkerball is blue. Oh, God. You've got a blue Tinkerball! Oh, Oh, this game is making it too easy. It's called Tinkle Pit for crying out loud. And it has to do with balls. Oh, ah! Uh, One thing I wanted to say about the Tinkerball, put an image of the Tinkerball up against an image of all the characters from South Park. He looks exactly like Butters, except a different color. Hmm. You know, I noticed that. He looks exactly like Butters. Uh, that's me! He's my favorite South Park character, too. Uh, hamburgers. He reminds me of myself at that age. Uh, as we briefly mentioned, there are many other characters from Namco games. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of them. Uh, first of all, Puka from Dig Dug is in this, and just like in Dig Dug, he can walk, turn into a ghost, and go through the walls. Which is nice that the uh, same enemy mechanic from Dig Dug is in here, which we've got to talk about Dig Dug. We haven't talked about it, have we? No, we haven't. Now, it's one of my favorite Namco games. And then... Uh, Figar appears, and just like Figar from Dig Dug, he breathes fire. He's got a, a limited, um... Cabbage. Cabbage. He's got a limited potato. He's got a limited distance in which he can shoot fire. And there was a, another interesting one where he walks around the maze and he shoots arrows. Like, not oh. li- like bows and arrows, but actual arrows. If you get hit by one of the arrows, it pushes you back. I hated that one I so thought that much. was interesting, and I noticed a couple of uh, robots later on that fired lasers, which, you know, obviously just kill you. Here's a listing of uh, games that uh, are represented in the in Tinkle Pit to some degree. Galaxian, QDQ, which I've never played, but apparently that was 1979. Pac-Man's in it. King and Balloon, Tank Battalion. Rally X, New Rally X, Warp and Warp, Galaga, Galaga, Bosconian, which that's a game we got to talk about. I love that game. Uh, Dig Dug, Zevius, Mappy, Pack and Pal, Fozon, which is an interesting puzzle game, which is something else I want to talk about. Libble Rabble, Gaplus, which is a Galaxian sequel. 
Um, the Tower of Druaga, which... Meh. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Modos, Sky Kid, Toy Pop. I've played Toy Pop. Rolling Thunder, which is interesting. And a few more that have never been released in the U.S. That's it for the basic overview of the game. Um, you know what? Somebody came up to me the other day and said, I don't think you have the balls to talk about Tinkle Pit. Okay, they didn't. I just wanted to say that. But we've played this game through MAME and... Very, very fun game. I like this game a lot. This was very fun. It has that typical kind of 90s uh, Japanese 90s 90s Japanese anime style to it with the with the, all the enemies had kind of like the little rosy cheeks, you know, like they they and all the cutesy type video games from that era. And um, they just had all the, all the enemies were all the cutesy type enemies. And I really like this game, and it does have that continued feature that we're not a fan of, but unlike a lot of games that have the continue feature, like uh, Terminator 2, I have a f- I feel that you could really get good at this game, and it's not there just to, just so that you can continue to, to rack the score up. Uh, well, I mean, obviously you can, but uh, I really do think that you could really get good at this one and not need the continue feature. I don't know about that. I, you almost need the continue feature thanks to the uh, the robot that zaps you and the the other thing that shoots arrows and all that. Because like, there are times when there's literally no possible way to ever, ever, ever escape. I think you could do. I think you could get some skill going and take care of that. You probably could, because I just think it's unfair that sometimes your starting point is literally in the middle of three enemies. Yeah, I, I'll get you that. But there's a there's a um, if if I were remembering correctly, because it's been two days since I played this, uh, you were invincible for like the first couple of seconds. So you could just like walk through them. So uh, you could easily knock a few of them out. And um, the uh, the Powerball things, which they call popcorn, each time you pick one up, you only get one usage. And, oh, and I totally neglected to mention that sometimes there's bonus things that appear in the middle. Like uh, you can pick up some shoes uh, to, you know, to speed up your movement. And then there's another one which speeds up your uh, Tinker Ball. And there's one that I know you haven't seen. Which one? I don't remember which item it was, but when I grabbed it, I turned into Pac-Man and all the enemies turned into blue uh, monsters, ghosts, whatever you want. Okay, here's the thing. I... On the official Namco version of Pac-Man released on a Mac, they called it Ghosts. I purposely checked the machine at Underground Retrocade a few days ago when I went. It's called They're called Monsters on there, so I don't know what the heck to call them. Enemies. Solves all your problems right there. Just call it call okay, it so Okay, so the enemies turn into Pac-Man and enemies. See, there's the problem with that term. They turn into the ghosts, the monsters, whatever. Those critters that chase you in Pac-Man, they turn into those, but they're blue, so you can eat them. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> but no, uh, I I have not seen that. I have heard about that. And in fact, I think they mentioned it. Yeah, and Ms. Pac-Man, I seem to remember making a guest appearance like between rounds or something, not as an actual uh, playing character. I don't know. Like I said, I only went a little bit past the first boss I did have a lot of fun playing this game. This was a very fun game, I thought. I thought it was fun, too, but there are two things that turned me off about it. Okay. Of course, the continues, for one thing, as you know. Right. That's that's kind of your pet peeve, which... I will say this, though. I did want to continue. But then, after I beat the first boss character, and I saw that there was yet another world to go through, I was like, oh, man, I'm not doing all this again, and I stopped. Then I decided, you know what? I want to see if there's an ending to this. Uh-huh. And, of course, there is. I don't know how it ends because I can't read kanji and I don't speak Japanese. <laughs> but that kind of turned me off that the end comes so pretty so early in the game though. This isn't a long-lasting game. 
Well, it says there's like 48 stages, though. There are, but the thing is, they go by pretty quickly. I think they're, That's they're like... true. Oh, and I forget. I did. I'm thinking about that. I did forget to mention that you do have a timer on the levels. Oh, do you? Oh, yes. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. What and there's also when a counter, the timer runs out. And at the bottom of the screen, there's also a counter that tells you how many more enemies you have left to kill because they don't all appear on the screen uh, right away. They will come up later on after you've destroyed so many of the on-screen enemies. And what happens when you take too much time? Honestly, I don't remember. Um, there's this thing that comes out. It looks like a bat. And it kind of f- takes giant leaps toward you. If you don't clear the maze soon, like quickly enough, it will eventually get you and kill you. Huh. I, you know what? I think I have seen it, but um, now that I think about it, but I just uh, cleared the level like right after he appeared on the screen. It's analogous to the pterodactyl and joust, except you can't kill it. Right. So what else do you have to say about your opinions on this game? About my opinions on what game? The game with the blue balls. Tinkle Pit. You know, there's one thing that came into my mind when I was playing this. This should not be an arcade game. This should be a console game. This would have been perfect on, say, the NES or the Sneeze or the Sega Genesis. You know what? I ain't thinking about it. This this looked exactly like a Super Nintendo game. Yeah. You know what? I can see that. I never thought about that. But yeah, you're right. That having been said, I would like to see what a cabinet looks like. In fact, I'm going to just head over to the International Arcade Museum and see if they got a picture of one. And they don't. Just the screenshots. Huh. That's fascinating. It's fascinating that these things just do not seem to be findable. Um, I looked up the high scores. There are none on either of the two major sites I use, Arcade.com and Twin Galaxies. Neither of them mention it. Hopefully it's going to change. Hopefully that'll change. You know what? Oh, man. That means that I could do a screen cap of main gameplay right now, submit it to Twin Galaxies, and I got the world record. Uh-oh. You found a loophole. You know what? Where I come from, we've got another name for Tinkle Pit, and that's Outhouse. That's right, yeah. You mentioned all the games that have, like, character appearances in this, uh, in Tinkle Pit. Yeah. Something I noticed is that there are so many other games in which the gameplay is similar, that, that it borrows, like, mechanics from other games. Like, obviously, it's a maze game, and it has it has vague Pac-Man vibe to it in terms of, like, patterns. And, and what I noticed there is that the enemy, you can set up grouping patterns like you can in Pac-Man and Ms. Pac-Man. Even though it's not a Namco game, you still have that Mr. Do mechanic with, what, was it the popcorn? Yeah. You have that going on. I saw elements of Super uh, Pac-Man you know what? The in tinker, this. The Tinkerball actually is, uh, now that I think about it, a play mechanic that Namco had in Dig Dug 2. Which it was not very. It was released in the United States. Not very many people have played it, including me. In the arcade, it was released onto the NES, but uh, it does have a similar. No, you know what though? No, that's a different mechanic. I'm thinking of a different game now that I think about it. Uh, but that having been said, I don't know. Have you ever played Toy Pop? I have played that no. a few times. This game actually feels like a sequel to Toy Pop. Uh, give Toy Pop a couple of plays, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, I don't think it's a sequel, but they seem very, very similar. It's at, very least, at the very least, it seems to me they were probably designed by the same team. Yeah. And I, and I also get kind of a Bubble Bobble vibe out of this game, too. Well, yeah, I mean, but, but pretty much all of those it, type it might of games had of that characters. kind of... Yeah, they pretty much all had that kind of cutesy, yeah. cutesy thing going on around that time. And, of course, something we like to talk about on Pie Factory Podcast is the first time we ever played this game. Do you remember when and where you were the first time you played Tinkle Pit? first time I played Tinkle Pit was right here in this same chair about four weeks ago. Hmm. I was just randomly playing games in MAME and I saw Tinkle Pit and I was looking for disgusting games 
And uh, I was like, I'll give this a try. And I ended up playing it, and I'm like having fun with it. And I'm like, ah, I'll play this. I'll probably play this off and on in the future. Yeah, I remember the first time I played Tinkle Pit. It was, wow, it was a fortnight ago, roughly, here at Pie Factory Podcast Headquarters North, actually. In fact, on this same computer I'm using to communicate with you. And just in case people are wondering, I'm actually in the Pie Factory Logistics Center. So just, you know, just to make that clear. Yes, yes, thank you. How many continues do you rate this? Um, it's obviously not the best game I've ever played, but it's fun. And it's, like I said, it's something I'll probably play in the future. I'm having a hard time. I'm trying to decide between three and four continues on this one. You know what? I'll give it a four. it's, It's solid. It's fun. And I have a feeling that you could easily get good at this game and not need to continue so much. Uh, I'll give, I'll rate it a low four, a low four. Yeah, I'm going to rate it a three, but again, because, I mean, not just that it has continues, but that it comes to an end too soon. It is fun, but at the same time, you're going to find, or at least I found that once I got past the first boss character, it's like, oh man, I got to start all over again. And it wasn't really getting that much more difficult. So, you know, it just didn't really hold my attention that much. Fun game at first. Fun game at first, but in the end, it's a three. Tinkle Pit, for all of its, uh... Blue balls. Yes. Tinkle Pit, a game with balls. Tinker balls. I, I think we should move on to our second game today, which is Mr. Phil... Um, Do. Mr. Do. Ah, uh, Mr. Do. Oh, I keep taking your line. I'm sorry. Ah, uh, Mr. Do. Do you do feel like I do? Ah, there we go. Mr. Do, pretty much everyone knows this one. It's a digging game. The uh, object of Mr. Do, there are two ways, actually there are three ways to complete a level, but I'll go with the main way first. The main way to complete the level is to eat all the cherries on the screen while digging tunnels throughout the screen. The second way is to kill all the monsters. And, you know, you could do that. And you have really only, you only have like two weapons at your disposal in this game. You have a Powerball, which you can launch, but each time you use it, it takes longer for it to regenerate. So you got to use it sparingly. I did not know that. That explains a lot, actually. Yeah, it ta- the more you use it, the longer it takes to regenerate. And I don't have the information on that, but I'm sure one of our listeners will tell you about how long, how long it takes in the algorithm or whatever they use to, dis- to do that. Uh, the other thing you can do is drop apples on the enemies, which is kind of cool because un- I-, I keep talking about games we haven't talked about yet, but Dig Dug, you have rocks that you can drop on them, but they can only go straight down. In this game, you can actually push the apples so that you don't have to drop it right where you are, which actually gives you a- quite a bit more strategy. Not only can you do that, but also the enemies can push the apples too and oh, kill you yes. and each other. It seems like almost the enemies are maybe a, have used a little more strategy than the enemies in Mr. Do. Or than in Dig Dug, I should say, rather. Are, wait, are you confusing these games? Are you saying that these two have any similarities at all? No, not at all. I'm, Mr. Phil has nothing to do with Dig Dug. Ha! See what I did there. So you got some different enemies. They kind of look like weird-looking unicorns. After so many of them come out of their monster box in the middle of the screen, a little treat will come out. If you pick it up, then... At the top of the screen, it says it has the word extra, and there's like a little enemy that surrounds one of the letters. And when you pick up the treat, whatever letter the enemy is around, it will come out with two or three guardian enemies that look like kind of like fancy pants ghosts from Pac-Man with eyes and like robes that are 
And they look kind of like Cookie Monster to me. You know what? I can see that actually. And uh, these enemies can only be killed. Uh, the the guardian enemies can only be killed by the Powerball. If you try to push a apple on them, they will eat the apple, which is uh, fascinating. I thought. And you can use the uh, the apple or the or the Powerball on the uh, on the monster that has the letter in it. Uh, eventually, at some point, the monster with the letter will just come out at random without the guardians, without you actually having to take the treat. If you spell out the word extra at the top, you get a free life. And this is one thing I love, absolutely love, about this particular game, which I don't, you don't see in very many other games. At some random point in the game, and it doesn't happen often, if you drop the apple, a diamond will come out. If you could pick up that diamond within 15 seconds, you get a free credit. You don't get a free life. You get a free game. That happened to me at Underground Retrocade on Saturday, which was awesome because it's fun free play over there. <laughs> it's it's interesting because Mr. Do was ported to many different consoles, which we will talk about in a little bit. Uh, as I was saying, there's many different ways to complete the level. The monsters seem to be smarter, as I said, than the monsters in Dig Dug. And one thing I neglected to mention, when you eat the cherries, they're all grouped on the screen. And every time you pick one up, you'll hear the sound, hear a sound. And for each one you pick up consecutively, it'll they'll go up in pitch. And if you could get them all eight in one go without pausing, uh, you actually get bonus points for that. Yep, 500, I believe. I believe so. And it basically plays the scale, eight notes in, in a major scale in C. Uh, after every three screens you clear, there's an inter- little intermission. And um, I like the uh, intermission when you pick up the diamond. Uh, Mr. Do will actually throw a token into the machine. I thought that was kind of cool. And um, this is, I like this game. Uh, I think that's pretty much all I have to say uh, about the gameplay. I did know it took me a long time playing this game, and I never noticed this. In fact, I no, didn't notice this until I played the uh, one of the uh, the ports, the ColecoVision port of this game. Every screen has like one tunnel already pre-carved, and that pre-carved tunnel tells you which level you're on. I d- oh huh. Like the first one, it's just. A- it's just one straight up, and the second one is shaped like a two, and then three, four, and the tenth level is shaped like a zero with the. the I slash never. Wow. Huh. I never noticed that. And knowing is half the battle. No, no, no. I... And now you know. And knowing is half the battle. Yo, Joe. G.I. Joe. And um, I like this game. This is this is a fun game. We should talk about the ports a little bit. It was ported to Coleco. Coleco had the uh, the rights to the home console ports, and it only hit two home consoles: the twenty six hundred and the ColecoVision from back then. It was on the Atari eight bit computers, uh, Apple II, MSX, Commodore sixty four. Apparently, Tomy had a handheld LCD version, which I've never seen. And um, th- there is a couple of differences in the ColecoVision version: the monsters and its sidekicks are unable to eat the apples. Oh, I guess the uh, the letter monster can't uh, get destroyed by the apples either. So there you go. And um, one interesting thing is the ColecoVision version also has that diamond that gives you the free credit. But since it's a home console, what do you do with that? Well, here's what they did. You get 50,000 points if you get that diamond on the on the ColecoVision huh. version, which is cool. I think that's, I like that. I think that's a good compromise. I would have given them a patch or something, you know? Eh, they'd probably give away a lot of Then patches. again, how would you take a picture of the screen? <laughs> 
And time it right, you know? So, and let's see, and Mr. Do was followed by three sequels. Uh, Mr. Do's Castle, which I could never figure that game out. I've never seen it or played it, ever. Now, Parker Brothers had the rights to that one for the home consoles, and the 2600 version is a decent recreation of it, but I still can't figure it out. Uh, Mr. Do's Wild Ride, which I've actually played in the arcade, is interesting. You just gotta get Mr. Do from the starting point to the end point and eat the cherries along the way, but uh, the path you're on is on a roller coaster track, and um, the only way to avoid the roller coaster cars are to go up short ladders. And you got to watch out because sometimes at the top of one of those ladders, you're in the path of another part of the roller coaster track and you can get killed. It's a weird game, which we should talk about at some point. And then um, there's another Mr. Do sequel, uh, Do Run Run. Insert Sean Cassidy uh, clip here. Um or whoever did the original. I'm easy. I met her on a Monday and my heart stood still. And uh, let me think, there was uh, a version of it on the SNK Neo Geo system, which was Neo Mr. Do, which, if this is the version I'm thinking of, because it was also uh, eventually, I believe, on the Super Nintendo, but I think the, the Neo Geo version, which I actually played in emulation one time, uh, there's an item you could pick up which turns you into a female Mr. Do. So this, is that a Mrs. Mr. Do or a Miss Mr. Do? Or I, I, other than that, it's actually a pretty fun, uh, fun version of it, and I know, I'm pretty sure I've played the Super Nintendo version as well. And I, can't, I don't get this one. A rebranded adaptation of the game was released for the Game Boy Color in 1999 entitled Quest Fantasy Challenge. Okay. I don't know. And, of course, it's on the Wii Virtual Console in Japan. And uh, there's a few clones on different consoles. Mr. Doodle on the iPhone, Henry on the Atari 8-bit computer, and Mr. EE on the BBC Micro. There we go. That's all about Mr. Do. And I like this game. I enjoy it. I've played it a few times. Um, It's a game that... Once in a while, I will actually seek out. In fact, I do have some video of this game, which I need to uh, get to uh, Sean so that we can upload it. And uh, put that in the show notes. And uh, I like it. Fun game. I'll play it. I think I enjoy Ding Dug more. But, you know, I don't hate this game. I like it. It's. Uh, I, I think it, it, it has its place as a classic. And what say ye? Well, what say me? I love this game. I, I really I really love this uh, this Mr. Do game. And, and while we were talking about, I mean, seriously, I'm not even kidding about this. The phrase Dig Dug Ripoff literally got erased from my mind when we were talking about this. I mean, yeah, it is a Dig Dug Ripoff as far as I'm concerned, as far as many people are concerned. And you can but see it's it. I mean, still it's still a fun it, game. It has a lot of the... If you really think about it, though, the only thing it has in common is you're digging a maze and being chased by enemies. I mean, that's... Well, and dropping things on people. And using a unique firing mechanism to kill them. But other than that, you know, unlike Dig Dug, there's a couple of different ways you can solve the game. I neglected to mention when you pick up the diamond, it also finishes that particular level. Yes. Which is interesting. I believe if you get all of the letters in extra, that finishes the level, too, if I'm not mistaken. It has some, uh, you know, it's got some cutesy intermission screens, which I kind of like. And they're not just like the little Pac-Man type. It's These are intermissions take up like the full screen. And yeah, I mean, they're not detailed graphics or anything. I mean, this was a game from like 82, I think, something like that. Yeah, 82. And um, 
Yeah. So keep going. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Well, going back to the whole Dig Dug thing, it's because of Dig Dug that I figured out how to play this game. Okay. And I don't remember ever seeing this game back in the Ferg. I really don't. The first time I ever played this, it was, I believe, on a Mother's Day sometime in the 90s. We were out with the family, either it, it might have been the Bigfoot Inn. I don't think it was the Bigfoot Inn in uh, Bigfoot, Illinois. I think it was someplace in Delavan, Wisconsin, actually. And in the lobby, there was a Mr. Do cocktail table. Oh, nice. And of all people, my mother, of all people, said, hey, Sean, let's play this game. I was like, what, you want to play a video game? She said, oh, hell, it'll be fine. You know? Oh, and one thing I neglected to mention, thinking about this game, uh, your main character is a clown. In the Japanese version, it's a snowman, hmm. according to Wikipedia. So, continue. So my mother and I actually played a two-player game of Mr. Do on the cocktail table there. and Fun. I, I, I had no idea how to play it. I never saw it before. But to me, I'm like, you know what? This is obviously a Dig Dug ripoff. I'm just going to play it like Dig Dug. And sure enough, it plays... Really, if you approach it with that attitude, you'll know how to play it. But there's enough differences between this and Dig Dug to make this its own thing. There, there are. There definitely are. How about you? What about your first time playing it? Yeah, honestly, I don't remember the very first time I played this, but the very my very first memory was... Uh, this is going to be interesting given all the swearing and talking about blue balls in this episode, but uh, I used to go to a religious youth center uh, in my early... in my late teens, early 20s, and... Uh, they uh, had a Mr. Do machine at this place, and uh, I uh, would play it uh, all the time. It was on free play, of course. Was it? I don't remember. It probably was, given the the type of facility. But uh, that's the er- my earliest memory of playing it in the arcade. Uh, I did eventually get this for the ColecoVision. I, as people are aware, I had the Coleco Atom computer, which is in some ways fairly maligned, but in other ways unfairly maligned. And um, I've never owned it on the Atari 2600, but I definitely want to get it because it's uh, its its own interesting thing. It's got its differences, obviously, but uh, it's interesting enough to play. It's not a bad conversion, but it's not great either. It's uh, somewhere in the middle, I would say. Yeah, it's missing some features of the arcade game. I, one thing that did impress me about the 2600 version, though, was the sound. They did a good job with they the did. sound on that. They, they did. really did. They did. Uh, I just love the song this game plays when you eat all the cherries in a row. Oh, the only thing about the the twenty six hundred version, it only has it has them grouped in six That's instead true. of eight, so you don't hear That's the whole true. scale. And also, in prep for this episode, I played the Atari eight bit version. I got I just acquired a my IDE two cart for the Atari six hundred XL that uh, I acquired from you. Oh, nice! And seriously, man, they did a really, really, really awesome job with that on the eight bit. They really did. I have to I see if I've got that. I don't know if I've played that or not. I mean, it's nearly arcade perfect. You know what's fascinating? <laughs> I was just thinking about it. The 600XL you have, I I bought that off of eBay. And then the 65XE Atari 8-bit computer I have, I got from your brother. And then I just yep. gave you my 600XL. <laughs> we basically got each other's 8-bit computer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Except uh, now it has four times the memory from the last time you saw it. So. Oh, nice. Uh, I, did, I did the 64K hack on it. You're, uh, I'm assuming you're enjoying it immensely. When I can. When I can. I don't have a hell of a lot of time to do that, but man, I found time in the last couple of weeks, so. The 
Atari 8-bit computer is a fun little computer. My only problem with the, the Atari 8-bit computers and its uh, problem with the 5200 and the 7800, those machines for some reason just cannot produce a very lush green. They, they produce muted greens, but they're, they're not like lush. They're not like... Oh, dude. Greeny greens. Load up Donkey Kong on the 7800. Uh-huh. Donkey Kong is pure green. Really? Yeah. I will have to do that. Yeah, I recorded something for Phil uh, for his upcoming Kong episode, so I played that in preparation, and it's like, man, Donkey Kong's green on this. When's he doing Donkey Kong? Next episode. Okay, I'll have to do something about that, because I've got my opinions on the 7800 Donkey Kong. He's doing that and Junior. Right. I have my opinions on both of them. But, at any rate, let's get back to the show, shall we? Yeah. So, I think we're about ready to rate this game. What do you say? Uh, I'm ready to rate this game. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This, I didn't think that... I uh, This thought never crossed my mind that I would be doing this, but I am giving Mr. Do five continues. Whoa, because, really? seriously, this is a... I didn't even realize it until until just this past weekend when I was playing it in under, Underground Retrocade, and I got some video footage of that, too. In fact, there's video footage of me achieving my high score on it of 65,200. So, yay. I haven't watched it back yet. I don't know if I had the camera mounted right, but still. And all I could think was, man, this is a fun game. It really, really is. It is. Even when you die, like, the ending music still is like, oh, that's fun music. <laughs> I really, it's like, it's, it's like, oh, game's over, but that's happy music. That makes me happy. I mean, happy, happy, joy, joy, happy, happy, joy. I originally was going to dock this uh, a continue for being, you know, too dig duggy, but I can't, I don't have the heart to do that. I really like it. You know, sorry, Phil, but I like this game a lot. It's getting five continues for me. Wow. That's, I, you are not generally as liberal with the, uh, with the five continues no. on the show as I am. No, I'm um, not. I really have to think about because I, I I really like Mr. New. I still think Dig Dug's a better game in many ways because to me, Dig Dug, especially in the graphics departments, does seem a lot more polished. And these games were out about the same time. Sure. I'll put it to you this way. When I was playing this last time I played this, uh-huh. I was thinking this would have been an awesome Dig Dug sequel. Yeah, it would have. It would have. I will definitely agree with that. But thinking about this, I, I'm, I'm still kind of not really sure where I want to rate this one. I like Dig Dug better, but this is really a great game. You know what? I'm going to... Well, try this. Try to get Dig Dug out of your mind completely. I'm going to rate this a low five. It's, it's still a okay. five, but it's on my low... Yeah, we're going to have to do a scale like the Rangefinder game on The Price is Right. I'm going to rate this a five. Yeah, it's a classic, and it deserves to be a classic, and it deserves to be played. It does. And man, like, you want to know how how it's been played? Like, you know, I my highest score, I've played this many times. My highest score is 65,200. James Bakeman had played this at Galloping Ghost on April 19th of this year and scored 504,700. Nice. That's a long freaking game. That's according to Orcade.com. Twin Galaxies says that on September 21st, 2008, Tonky Linderman scored 30,075,000. I know! I'm going to see if there's video of that, because, man, how do you survive that long? Especially when you're toward the end of the level, the enemies get fast. There's got to be some, some like, multiplier on the bonuses or something. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I think with that, we're done talking. I think we're done today. Yeah, and by the way, I just want to say welcome back to No Quarter Podcasts, man. Yes, I'm welcome glad, back, I'm guys. So glad we missed back. you. It's been hard trying to hold down the fort in your absence. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. Nobody can replace you guys. 
nope. hard as we tried and fail every time. <laughs> There's no replacing you guys, but we should reveal the theme for today's episode, and I think this is probably the most blatantly obvious theme. Oh, do tell. <laughs> number one and number two. Ah, I think I think Phil the No Swear Gamer actually guessed that, yes, judging from he what did. he said on Atari Age. He did guess What was his... He's like, I, something like, I'm looking forward to this next flush-worthy episode. Yes. <laughs> so what are we going to talk about uh, next week there, Flushing Jimmy G? Meadows. Uh, so I think next week, what do we say we talk... Uh, why don't we just rock out on the next episode? Let's rock. We're going to do some headbanging with... Aerosmith and whoa journey headbang into journey so yes we're going to be talking about the games revolution x and journey revolution so, x revolution x based on the band Aerosmith and journey based on journey and I think you already know what our theme is going to be so uh, <laughs> I think I just gave it away uh, so but uh, you know hey some people get this stuff anyway so we'll 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 we'll, we'll throw our listeners a bone because that's just the kind of people we are yeah so All right, so we will see you all next time around. Keep your head in the clouds and keep reaching for the stars. Yeah, Casey Kasem, with a song in my heart and phlegm in my Yeah, we're not using that. Hyde, take that out. Uh, We've already used that, like, twice. We have? Yes. Uh, Well, we were talking about music this time out. You can cut out. You can cut it it out. We're going to be rocking out next episode, so... Yeah, we're, we're, we're rocking out. It's Angry Sean here in Chicago. And... This is Jimmy G, but I thought I was going to change my name to something this episode. Oh, well, there's always next episode. Oh, well. Wait till next episode. episode. Oh, Tinkerball. I'm Tinkerball. And I'm still angry. We'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. This episode of the Pie Factory podcast was edited and produced by Hyde St. Pierre. Opening and closing theme is The Happy L, composed by Sean Courtney. Jim and Sean can be contacted on Facebook via the Pie Factory podcast page, over email at piefactory at fab4it.com, or over Twitter at piefactorypfp. Visit the Pie Factory podcast on the web via Flark at flark.it slash piefactory. To describe it, the ball, the your tinker ball. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how to... Hold on. Wrigleyville's burning down. Seriously. Could be. Imagine what will what will happen when they win it all. Yeah, hopefully it'll be before they take the uh the city of uh, Rosemont's offer to move them for free. <laughs> I think we're fairly well done with this. It's uh I I like it. I think it's a fun hold it, game. Hold it, hold it before before hold it, hold it. Hold it, hold it. Hold it. Before hold you it. do that. I just I'm holding I it. I'm holding it, but I got to go to the tinkle pit. Alright, here we are playing Mr. New. Yay. So, for some reason they don't have Tinkle Pit. Figure that one out. Yeah, I don't I don't know. They got everything else, but you know. So uh, Oh they yeah, they have everything except Tinkle Pit and Firefox. Ah oh, man. There's a little hesitation in the joystick. And while I'm looking at the marquee, I should remind everybody that there is an exclamation point in the name of this game. Oh dude, that was a stupid move. Jim just did a stupid move. I just did a nasty he Mr. Don't it, if you will. Yeah, it was a little play in the joystick. Yeah, I, didn't, I mean, okay, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't like this game. I like this game, but man, you can't tell me this is not a Dick Dug ripoff. Oh, it definitely is. But there's enough changes to it to make it a more interesting game. I mean, there's more ways to finish a level in this than there is in 
did die. Oh yeah. You can either kill all the guys or you can um, grab all the all the fruits and stuff. Ooh, that was nice. I never noticed. Oh, did I never noticed until now that those are caramel apples you're dropping. I thought they're just regular. Why don't you grab like, grab the? Uh, you got you got dice in the middle of the screen, you know. Are those dice? I always thought those were like wheat dice. Or something. I don't know. They look like dice. They might be olives. They might be. I don't know. Eight-bit graphics. You know, you never know. All right. So Jimmy G is now on the third screen at uh, eh, close to sixteen, closing in at sixteen thousand. Interesting little background pattern here that uh, we got some uh, lattice work going on. I like that little design. It's pretty nifty. Yeah, one way this is different from Dig Dug is that instead of you know just regular old dirt, you got patterns you're digging through. The ColecoVision version did a very nice job. Ah! Oh, bastard. Uh, ah. Alright, All right, game over, so I'll, while Jim game's over, I'm gonna try. Dun, da, da, dun, 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 da, da, da. Um, um yeah, Oh yeah, I didn't even consider my initials. Uh, uh, I, I like the side of my microphone. Oh, we gotta no, get, wait, head. We gotta we gotta get a clip of that from the podcast. Shut up, Beavis, I'm trying to score. Oh, got you got him. Got him. All right, and just like dig... Oh, never mind. It's when you... I think it's when you... When you clear... Um, it's when you clear two thingies here that when you... Uh, Watch out for those guys. They eat the apples. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Let's see. I got the R guy. And, ooh, look at that. Nice. 10,850 cleared scene one. Scene two. One thing I like about this over Dig Dug is you can actually push yes, the apples. That is pretty cool. That adds another. There's so much more strategy. Ah. All right, let me get those things that look like dice, whatever the heck they are. All right, there's an A running around that I just can't capture, and it's really... Oh, oh, I didn't see that apple. You didn't because the second you shot him, he turned into one. Oh. That, oh, those, that's those what you were munching monsters, okay. Yeah, those munching monsters will turn into apples. All right, got the T. Oh, let me get the... Uh, uh, why did they stop? I don't care. <laughs> Scene three. All right. Da, 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 da. Phil, this game is for you. And in your honor, I am not swearing as I lose lives in this game. You know what would be cool is to... Ah. You walk right into the monster box. Yeah, I didn't know you couldn't do that. You walk into the monster box. Actually, you can, just not when a monster right, materializes. Right. One problem I had with the original Pac-Man. I always wanted to walk into the monster box. You can do that in um, Super Pac, and I think Pac-Mania. And um, ah, and oh. Pac and Pal, I think you can do as well. One thing I like about this game too is you can actually earn a free life every now and then. A diamond, a bonus diamond, will come out if you do something. I can't ah. remember what. Ah, oh, you beat me by about ten thousand. Yeah. Oh no, you knocked me off the board. <laughs> no. Did you? I don't remember. I yeah, think you, you did. I yeah, you, you got did. you got slightly under nineteen thousand. Oh, there you go. There's Mr. Duke.